review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy Todd Hastings. Todd Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestler Review. I'm Dylan God, and I am John Robert McNeish Hastings. Coming in hot on the levels there, Hastings. Ooh, so hot. This week we're talking about Michael, purely sexy Hayes. Now, just a note, uh, since very soon we'll be embarking on the year of Vince McMahon, we will be concentrating only on the wrestling career of Michael Hayes, and we'll be revisiting... All the times he's been a horrible piece of shit in the WWE backstage area during the year of McMahon. If to uh, boil it down, this is the era of time where he's a racist to Iceman King Parsons and not Mark Henry. Great point, Dylan. So this is basically the cocaine quaalude years. And then we'll be covering the edible drinking Jägermeister like it's scotch years. Uh, and then sleeping with, I assume, a 19-year-old development wrestler who thought that um, Michael Hayes was just a sofa. <laughs> also, the end of his this is, if you do not like Michael Hayes, is good because a part of him does die when Vince McMahon makes him cut his oh, hair. So that's yeah. good. Another part of him probably died when Vince McMahon probably did not know who the Freebirds were, even though he wor- they worked for him in the 85. <laughs> Well, let's talk about this. The fact that the great man of Georgia and Florida um, was born in Washington, D.C., the home of the North. Michael Hayes, who literally walks around draped in a Confederate flag, was born in the belly of... like That would be like if we found out Dylan was born in Jerusalem based on his opinions on what happened with the Holocaust. That's how crazy that would be. That's true. <laughs> oh, no. There you go. We just had a conversation about not doing this anymore, I know John. We did. <laughs> I'm going to try that. That's why you heard John go, oh, no. It's just, we were literally being like, we need to tone down the content. We both want to, you know, and make then, it in these careers. And what are we? Two minutes in. Uh, the Holocaust denial joke. Two minutes in. There was a comedian once who was like, hey, don't swear too much before I go on stage if that's all right. And I was like, I don't really swear normally that much. But yeah, sure, I won't. And then before I went on, I was like, how cunt or shit fucks cunt shitting ass doing cunt? Like it was like I just I tried not to so hard that I just started swearing so much. So let's we're gonna get real this week. We're gonna be real uh this is months this is about a month old as of this time, but we're gonna get real that guy who owned Papa John's before he got kicked out on you guys. Yeah, you know? John, Papa John. Literally he puts the Papa in John in that he's a creep that makes people he doesn't that he's not related to call him Papa. Yeah, that's if so if so please. Don't call me Dylan. Call me Daddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Dylan, from now on, my name is not John. It's Mumsy Wumsy Johnsy Bumsy. <laughs> uh. Please, uh, my 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 mother calls me Dylan. You're gonna call me Big Daddy. Suck <laughs> yeah. my dick. Uh, my father is Dylan Gott. My name is Lick the Balls Harder the Better. I like to bleed down there. <laughs> <laughs> Tug on your balls as you tug on my balls as you suck my cock. It's gonna feel like you're busting them. It's a long name, I understand, but there's about two minutes left in it. I will so. never forget. I was in the in a cocktail bar in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and there was a man washing his penis in the sink, and uh, just already, I'm, and it was like eleven. Like it wasn't two o'clock in the morning. Things getting messy. 
He was just washing his dick in the sink, just talking about how he's uh, he's got a side lady who's going to suck his dick. And he just went, and I remember he's washing it and I'm peeing and he went, hope she bites down, man. And I'm like, I feel like I'm being pranked. What in the world? Where the fuck am I? <laughs> and that's how we met. Sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Dylan was driving the car that man got a, got a suck job in. That's true. Also, I was jacking off in the yeah, sink. Yeah. No one washes their dick in the sink. He was Dylan off. used to operate a thing. It's kind of like bangbus.com, but no cameras. It's just for Dylan's memory. Yeah, it was bang bus, but it's for one man, and you jack off in a sink. <laughs> yeah, he, he brings his own sink. Why is there just an unattached sink on the uh, passenger side seat? Oh, I jack off in that. I like the noise cum so, makes when it reverberates <laughs> off porcelain. So uh, the male washrooms are there, the female washrooms are over there, and the handicapped washrooms, which, I mean, honestly, um, just by ratios, we've kind of made that the unofficial jack-off in the sink washroom if you want to jack-off in the sink. Um, there was a rumor about a comedian we both know that I wish was true, is that to relax before auditions, he would jack-off in the bathroom of every casting office in Toronto. And Dylan, you're going to see that man tomorrow, and I will give you 50 bucks if you ask him about it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> Please do. Ladies and gentlemen, if will you want to know who that. that is, you just need to look at the Yuck Yucks Calgary calendar for the last week of November when, when this is being recorded. That guy. That guy supposedly jacked off in a lot of public bathrooms. Okay. To be fair, though, the Toronto comedy scene is a lot like a high school, and he wasn't the coolest kid, so it just feels a lot like, it. yeah, did you hear he goes through the garbage, and that's what he eats for fucking <laughs> lunch. What a fucking loser. I'll do you one better. It's a high school minus any education plus horrible yeah. people, and there's no graduation. There's literally people that are like... No, the, that are the same level and they don't have that element of like, you're 22 and still coming to this party? It's more like, man, this guy's 44 and he still parties. That's cool in a way. <laughs> and then you grow, yeah, and then you turn 23, you're like, oh, I think they're all yeah, sad. The, it's the thing with the Toronto comedy scene especially. I loved being a part of it. As soon as I left and returned, I was like, woo! I went somewhere where this is a job. Yeah, baby. <laughs> speaking uh, of some, speaking of, speaking actually, of someone who is in their fifties and still parties like a twenty-three-year-old, Michael Seitz or Seitz, Seitz. Yes, Michael Seitz. He's actually sixty uh, this year, so he's a sixty-year-old man free bus, now. Free bus pass, which he'll probably use to go to some sort of motocross event and then get uncomfortably drunk on a, like a type of drink you shouldn't drink in the yeah. daytime. Oh no, Michael Seitz is here, and he's drinking Boone's Country Wine in the morning. Uh, um, <laughs> was born in Washington D.C. Yeah. Uh, he grew up uh, with Hollywood John Tatum, whose dad owned the fairgrounds in Pensacola, and and Tatum turned Michael onto wrestling. The pair were poor students who both escaped getting thrown out of school by virtue of their parents' connections to wrestling. Michael met. Cool. Michael and, met. Who, and then who was his first friend? <laughs> it was Robert Goddamn oh, Gibson. Oh, no. Hide your daughters. Hide your babies. Hide your pregnant wives. Robert Gibson's in town and he wants to fuck. Yeah. Oh, oh, Robert Gibson is a pedophile. And so is Michael <laughs> here's Hayes. The, here's my impression of Robert Gibson at uh, Sears. Hey, uh, ooh, ooh. Do you have uh, the receipts of ooh, ooh, 
who bought their first training bras oh, today. No. Ooh. <laughs> Here, addresses would be ooh, appreciated. Yeah. Ooh, if you don't got them, that's cool. I enjoy the game. Um, Mr. Gibson, why are you wearing your wrestling garb at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in a Sears girls section? Just letting them know what I got. All right. <laughs> Never forget, ladies and gentlemen, this is how much the world has improved for everyone involved. Uh, it was only 25 years ago where Ric Flair showed everyone a training bra and said, the women I have sex with don't wear that, and he was booed for it because that's bad. He was half booed. No, it was, it's a full boo. He was half booed because he said, the rock and roll express fuck <laughs> yeah. girls. I fuck women. Yeah. <laughs> National television. No, and everyone was just like, that's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But the thing you also have to understand about that time, and this is going to blow some people's minds, is women used to actually go to wrestling. Yeah. And it's not just the AEW where it's like, you see there are women there, but they're clearly, uh, they're not, I shouldn't say not women. It, 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 let's take gender out of it. Wrestling fans were normal people. It was like 30% nerds and 70% normal people. Now it's, I would say, swung the other way around. Maybe 80% nerds, 20% normal people. I would say it's more like 90% nerds, 10% really old creepy guys who like loved Bill Watts and are just now upset that they are getting in trouble for, you know, talking about fried chicken in Ethiopia. That's 10% of it. That's good stuff. It? That also that was a time that was a time stamp on when this is recorded as well. I mean, it's all it's it happened two weeks ago from when this was recorded, and it's still all anyone can talk about. That is that's literally going to be that's the Kennedy assassination of wrestling, by the way. Like people are not going to let it go. You yes, think so people are not going to let it go for a while. The Kennedy assassination of wrestling was the Montreal. Absolutely, yes. And okay, then this is the this is wrestling's nine eleven. If the the Kennedy assassination, did that also work out super sick for America? I guess it did. Yeah. Because he got out of their fucking office. They got the fucking Dems yeah. out. <laughs> no, they so didn't. They got the Dems they out. Didn't get the, they didn't get the Dems out for another six years. <laughs> yeah, but they got out. Nixon won. Then you got Ford. Or four years later, pardon me. Sick. Yeah, Ford was the best. He just fell down all the time. All right, speaking of someone who falls down all the time, see it. Um, well. He was a. He started out as a referee. He trained with Afa and Sika, and uh, his early career, 1977. He's uh, Tennessee Regional Promotions. Now the thing about um, Michael Sietz was that he always had the gift of gab, but he was shit a wrestler, almost shockingly bad. Like he meets Terry Gordy immediately, and it's a weird thing to see how good Michael Sietz is at. Uh, interviews and how good Terry Gordy is in the ring and really what they had done there is uh, these two becoming each other's friends they really filled in the other one's blanks up until the late 80s when Terry Gordy moved on to bigger and better things because he moved to a place where you could just wrestle and that's fine and uh, Michael Michael PSAs really would have benefited quite a bit from just going into the WWF because he could have been the the honky tonk man. Like he really could have been history's greatest intercontinental champion. Blah blah I blah. Actually, like they would have just made him. Or the they would have made him um, another manager. He because he would have also benefited of going into the very early '90s when they were still using managers and getting a toehold as a manager. As Bobby Heenan was sort of retiring, 
If they had brought Michael Hayes in yeah. as sort of like he's the new Bobby Heenan manager who also talks, who's funny and engaging and annoying to the kids, it would have been I'm going to say it would have possibly kept Hulkamania going past the steroid scandal because one of the biggest things about Hulk like Hulk Hogan is Hulk Hogan kind of lost having any sort of opponents of jeopardy. And one of the main things is Hogan yeah. was very good at feuding with a manager and they didn't like Harvey Wilman you're like I don't give a fuck. But it's like one of those things where that could have absolutely happened. I couldn't agree with you more. What's also interesting is Michael Hayes doesn't improve as a wrestler over a 20-year span. Like he gets... <coughs> but why? And why? And that's pretty clear because he... Parties, baby. Like he comes... He, yeah, he just fucking gets ripped up. And I will say this to his credit. I mean, the man must have not ate any food because just the amount of booze this dude and pills this guy does... And still can move around, seemingly. I don't know. He has one of the weirdest old man bodies I've ever seen. Well, it all hit him once he got out of the ring, is the yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, once he... Because he's one of those guys where his... He is exactly like Barry Windham, where his exercise was that he was a pro wrestler. Yes. And then once he stopped being a pro wrestler, he didn't change his diet, and he went up probably 70 pounds, like, in two weeks. Also... All right, so let's go through his early, his early career, and then I want to talk about just some of the crazy-ass shit this guy has said throughout his life about certain situations. So Hayes and Gordy are basically bosom buddies from the fucking hop. Um, they're in Continental Wrestling Association. They jumped to the NWA Mid-America. Um, they're essentially just a good, solid tag team because one of them talks and one of them does literally all of the wrestling. <laughs> yeah, which is a weird thing because... You would think that uh, Gordy, like that Hayes, would have to be the workhorse because Gordy's the big one, but that is not the case. No, because that's how good of a wrestler Gordy is. Is Gordy is good at placing himself in some sort of jeopardy, getting out of it, and being this big, intimidating, fighting guy. Like it was known in the NWA that the two toughest guys in the locker room were Steve Williams and Terry Gordy, which is the craziest fucking thing. Um, well, because Terry Gordy had to like he had long hair and he was a portly guy, so he had to fend off Jerry Lawler from a very early age. That's a fair point. Jerry, he got Lawler, wrestling at like Jerry Lawler thought Terry Gordy was a lady. I'm uh, Mr. Lawler. I'm a boy. I'm a- I don't care, <laughs> Mr. Lawler. I don't. I can I just put two extra candles on my cake and you'll stop mailing me various photos of you <laughs> wearing a crown and no. nothing. No, I'm not good at listening. I'm one of wrestling's greatest monsters. <laughs> I can't. If you want to work for Memphis, you got to work with Memphis. Woohoo! Suck me. <laughs> Could a journalist please do an expose on the horrific monsters that are still operating within the WWF? Like, the yeah. Fox deal is the beginning of the end of the WWE as we know it because Michael Hayes is going to be found out for whatever fucked up shit that guy's been getting up to. Jerry Lawler will be discovered. I mean, it's Fox, though. I would agree if it was NBC, no, but, uh, but, but it's but Fox. On. I Here's mean, what <laughs> Fox News will be like, this just did when Michael Hayes said to Mark Henry is the Pledge of Allegiance now. Here's why, though, is that um, Fox is going to cancel that show. That show is, as was predicted, is doing shithouse in the ratings. And so there is a potentiality that SmackDown gets canceled within the year. And when that happens, Fox, to justify that decision, will turn Fox News against the WWE and we will get all this information out. I don't think so, because they're still doing... SmackDown, 
as of when this was recorded, is still doing pretty well in the ratings. It's just that it's exactly what we all hoped would happen with the WWE having some sort of uh, competition, which is they've had to cross-promote everything and actually have and actually push people that people want to see. Yeah. Like Brock Lesnar's dates have gone through the roof. Um, they're slowly wringing the bl- the life out of Monday Night Raw, but they have been for years. Smack and the problem is that SmackDown, for years, for years and Say years and years, years has been viewed as the B, B this uh, has been viewed as the B brand, and now they're they have to do like a year of digging out that them out of that hole, and it's gonna be fucking hard. Like unless like. Unless they are just like fuck it, and <laughs> just get The Rock to be the GM of SmackDown. Yeah, or they just pay him a billion and, dollars. Uh, it's gonna take them a year. Yeah, it's gonna take it. That's why. That's why uh, the Survivor Series Raw lost and NXT won, and SmackDown came in second because that's their priorities right now. It's like proving NXT is viable and making NXT seem on a level with the WWE, and then getting SmackDown to be viewed as the main. WWE brand and Raw is three hours for some yeah, reason. For, well, because Vince McMahon needs more money, uh, probably to pay off for the litany of lo- ad revenue. Yeah, it's ad, no, it's not. They don't get a cut of the ad revenue. They get a pure TV license deal. They haven't gotten the ad revenue since they made the mistake of fucking over Spike and leaving that company um, and going to um, USA. USA. Thank you very much. Speaking of USA, it's the only it's the only country that Michael Hayes knows about. Michael, he did tour in Germany immediately when he. Uh, this is how fun it was to be a wrestler in the seventies. Nineteen seventy eight, he wrestles in uh, the Catch Wrestling Association in Germany, even though he can't wrestle, <laughs> and they don't speak the language yeah. he speaks. That's how easy it was to be a wrestler. He was a nineteen year old who had a friend who was good, so they hired him because why That's the so fuck funny. not? Oh. What's your one skill? I'm good at talking. Let's take him to a country where that won't help him. All right. Let's let's remove yeah, that. Take- but he, and also like he his working style was basically which is true, he wrestled super stiff because he wasn't good at it, so he may as well just actually hit the guy <laughs> so that the guy like sells well, that's an, that's it. That's that was the his best style. way of making something look real. Just actually do it. It's true. Just ask Mick Foley. Hey, Mick Foley, how did you do all that stuff you did? Oh, I just set myself on fire and thought I wouldn't die because I'm weird. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Good. (laughs) So he starts wrestling for the CWA and NWA Mid-America. This, of course, he's teaming with Terry Gordy. This is for the first time because when they met and become friends, Mike was a heel and Gordy was a face, so they were banned from hanging out. And this is nice. They get to hang out. And that leads to Terry Gordy's eventual death. Of course. That just leads to them uh, taking so many quaaludes for a brief time. They were known as the Gordy Michaels. Which is, you can really tell in wrestling who liked the booze and who liked the pills better because the guys who like the pills are dead. And that's the sad reality. Uh, I think it's a combination. I think it's also constitution. I think it's also... um yeah, there's that. Have you heard that interview with the or it's Stone Cold interview with the Patriot Del Wilkes, where Del Wilkes was taking forty, over forty somas a day at one point. Jesus fucking Christ! Not dead. You know American. why? He's the Patriot. Exactly. As wholesome exactly. as apple pie. Dylan. If he was as wholesome as apple. If he was the goddamn pie. Frenchman. Go on. If he was the goddamn Frenchman, he would have been like, 
I got to turn near a Tylenol 3 MDD. Uh, hello, may I have croissant made of cooking? <laughs> oh no, I'm a dead Oh no, I am a dead now. Bye bye. Hello. <laughs> oh, there is also. So I was in. Uh, this is. So you know. Actually, I had uh, someone f- who listens to this lovely podcast come out to the gig the last time I did it, but I didn't advertise it even jokingly on the podcast this time. But I did a gig in a bowling alley in Red Deer, Alberta. Ooh. And there was a guy, uh, <laughs> there was a lady who did stand up on the show and she tried to do her whole, uh, he tried to do her whole set in a Indian accent, like in a very offensive Indian accent, but she was so bad at the accent. She just did a Tony Montana that's impression. Good. It was one of the that, funniest things I've ever seen in my that's life. That's fun. And she fucking unironically killed. Of course. Cause if you're in a bowling alley, if you're alley, in a bowling baby, alley in Alberta, in you're basically alley. in the 90s still. Not even, man. It felt like the 70s. No, 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 no. You couldn't have gotten away with hard... Could you have dropped a hard N with a hard R? No, but you could have done that in the 70s. You absolutely could have in the the, 70s. uh, Oh, were you born in the 70s? No, but I've met people from the 70s, and they still think it is. (laughs) Don't be so sensitive. Anyway, three of them walk into a bar. I burned it down. (laughs) That's Here's why that joke... Why aren't you Here's why that joke's PC. I didn't say which one of them they were. (laughs) <laughs> that you do the hard work of which ones yeah. they are. You figure it the fuck out. It's your out. fault. Shuck me. So, all right, done. First time, two years in wrestling. Michael Hayes has a dispute with his promoter over pay and ends up walking out of the territory Good. as he was challenged to do so in front of the boys. Dang. What shocked him was that when he sat outside in his car wondering what he was going to do, Gordy comes out and joins him. And says that if he didn't want Hayes, he didn't want him either. And then Michael Hayes said, I've never felt more loved in this moment. And really, it's uh, very sad that uh, Terry Gordy has passed away because he was Michael Hayes' And true only love. friend. It's his only friend. And if you- Buddy Roberts was his friend too, kind of. But more in the but way Buddy that Roberts- like... I'm sure they didn't actually have anything in common other than like looking in each other's eyes and be like, we're both very addicted to <laughs> these substances. And he went, yes, we um, are. Kiss cocaine but it's also like he never wrote a bunch of song like buddy roberts in the way that he wrote a fucking song for fucking terry gordy say fucking again john fucking fucking fuck 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 fuck. oh listeners i don't think anyone here i certainly didn't before we started researching this realizes how honest a shot michael hayes gave being an actual musician yeah michael hayes is very much like a crazier guy who... All right, so crazier first, not as good in the ring. I'd say it's actually tied. As crazy as he is not good in the ring, Michael Hayes is Chris Jericho, but just insane and not good in the ring because it's like they both want to just be rock stars. Clearly, wrestling was just the thing they you know also, fell into because they're kind of redneck. I'm going to say this right now. Uh, Chris Jericho is now at the level of Michael P. Hay- P. S. Hayes in the ring. Great talker. Can we just fucking talk about how his the, he's fucking bad at wrestling now, and his body is terrible. His body is bad, but he still does the lion salt, and it's getting more and more uncomfortable, uh, terrifying yeah. every time every, he does it. Every time he does it, I'm like, why do you, why do you still? Yeah, something? when he does that, it was like when my grandfather, who had dementia, reached for his car keys. Just like this is gonna end badly. I just don't know which time it will end badly. But you know what? He's just so much. 
he's just so much better on the mic than all but like three of those guys in that company. Yeah, no, so. it's, 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 it's fine. fine he's the Ric Flair to AEW's WCW. It's like he is yeah. totally, when totally he, necessary. When he hired, yeah, when he has Jack Swagger say sorry because he can't bring himself to say sorry. And then the whole thing of like people easily tricking him into when Scorpio Sky tricks him into the title match, it's like super funny. Yeah, he's fucking. I just it's just one of those ones where it's like I wish that that talker was wrestling at the level that he was even four years ago, three years ago with the list. Even he looked so much like I don't know what's happened. He's forty eight years old. Let the man die. <laughs> no, <laughs> let him die. And that's the cool thing about wrestling. You can get guys who are forty eight years old, and then they're but they're still in their prime as far as like ability on the mic because unlike some wrestlers who've literally watched just have dementia yeah. and just they stay on the mic because it's wrestling and obviously everything's made up what? um it's nice that you can just to have that happen for a guy like chris jericho and he can get his last fun run like i think in the aw like i don't know hayes never really won a world title or even a singles title because that's how for he was in the wrong company his entire career because he's only in these companies that stress wrestling. Like he's only in southern territories I disagree, that stress but wrestling. But I disagree because okay, so he ends up with Bill Watts. Him and Terry Gordy end up uh, with in Bill Watts's territory, Mid Atlantic, Mid South. Pardon me, fuck yes. me. Mid Atlantic was fucking Ric Flair was the Crockett's. Anyway, he ends up in Mid South with. Um, uh, Bill Watts. Bill Watts puts Buddy Roberts with them, so basically it's like these two can actually wrestle as a tag team. You're going to be the mouth of them, and this becomes they become the hottest thing that that territory ever saw. They have the record for selling out the Superdome that holds to this day that WrestleMania 20 supposedly didn't break. Again, don't fucking quote me on this. These are all wrestling figures. Who knows what's true? So I see what you're saying, but by being in these wrestling territories that stress wrestling, Michael Hayes got to be so different and was able to put over um, Terry, Buddy Roberts, and himself that they stood out. So because he, all of the territories that stress wrestling, none of those guys could talk. It's not like fucking like that's it, true. The junkyard dog looked fucking cool, but he wasn't known for his talking. He just sort of had this fucking charisma where you're like, I love this fucking guy. I want him to win. And then they put him and Junkyard Dog with other various people, and they had a crazy fucking run to the point that they then left for yeah. world class because uh, Michael Hayes popped into world class very briefly for a run, saw the opportunity that was there, saw that he could control it because it was the Von Erics, and if you worked at the Von Erics, you made crazy money because of how they literally scaled the pay. So you got a percentage, of, supposedly, or how they said it was like, you got a percentage of the door, and you got paid the same as what the Von Erichs got paid if you were working with the Von Erichs. Michael Hayes, if anything, very smart at his fucking business, saw that and was like, me, buddy, uh, Terry, versus the Von Erich brothers, which there were three of them at the same time. Boom, we've got ourselves a fucking feud for the fucking ages. And boy, howdy, did they. And just to put this in perspective of like, think about think about this i don't know how old the von erics are but um at this point like michael ps hayes is 21 and 20 when they're lighting mid-south on fire and 23 uh when uh, they're lighting mid go or lighting um wccw on fire world-class championship press go yep. look at a fo photo Sorry. of him by the way does not look 23 <laughs> 
he looked 30 from the day he was born to the day he dies, but that's like almost that is a weird thing that is very important. Like that was the weird thing about Brock Lesnar when he first came out, and I know this is gonna make some people Go really on, mad. So put on your controversy hats. Ooh, I'm putting them. Although Brock Lesnar was a monster, um, he did still like he's so much better now because he looks like a man, and back then he looked like a child someone had just stabbed with steroid needles until yeah, it got he looked big. like a big angry baby. He really did. He looked like a ripped yeah. baby. And there's only one ripped baby on this fucking planet, and that's me. Me. No, it's me. <laughs> but you're right. Like, no one else could talk, so Michael Hayes. I'm a giant ripped baby. All right, so Gordy works, uh, he has feud with uh, against Michael Hayes in uh, 81, including a tape fist and a baby's bottle match. Oh. <laughs> they both I wonder who bo- <laughs> find and <laughs> They have to find a baby that's yeah, hot. Yeah, and give it to Jerry Lawler, or... His erection won't reduce. Yeah, or else he nuts too hard. Whoever can make Jerry Lawler nut the hardest wins. Yeah, we the match. all lose the match. I. Who do you think is a worst human being to spend twenty minutes with, Jerry Lawler or Vince Russo? Vince Russo, Jerry Lawler, probably a good guy. Other than that one <laughs> thing, that one what, horrible his thing. One horrible love of pedophilia. Everything else, he's a good guy. Yeah, of course. You want to talk to Jerry Lawler in twenty minutes? Here's here's twenty minutes. What was Andy Kaufman like? Because clearly also Jerry Lawler, every single, even in that stupid Jim Carrey documentary about Andy Kaufman, where they're filming him, Jerry Lawler also is clearly working the camera in that one too. Like he always, he loved how Andy Kaufman made him a ton of money. And then Andy Kaufman was like, wouldn't it be silly if we did this? And Jerry Lawler was like, silly, what? Yeah, make me a ton of money. I'll do whatever you want, you fucking skinny loser. (laughs) It's a very good point. Because the thing... People also don't know about, they don't realize, but Jerry Lawler is, he was never a college athlete. He was a fucking yeah. nerd who was kind of, like, burly. Yeah, he was... He was just a burly he, nerd. He's he's obsessed with drawing. He never, he never drank in his life, really. Like, he's a fucking Which weirdo. leads, of like, course, he, it, to me knowing yeah. he's a monster. Like, the, the fact that he's like, I, yeah. I don't need to drink to feel out of control. All I have to do is go to a daycare. Ooh, I'm on fire! Yeah, Yeah, he said he's my rock bottom was when Toys R Us closed. Ha ha! I fucking suck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they of course go to world class, as you said. Um, we've covered this. I think do we cover this in the Gordy and Buddy Roberts episodes? But everyone knows what happens if you're listening to this fucking. Here's if you've gone past the information and just want to hear guys swear about wrestling, then you know what happened in world class. Yes. Also, here's the thing to remember: it's actually just to refresh everyone. It has nothing to do with Ric Flair. It's that uh, uh, Michael Hayes did. 11 lines of cocaine in five minutes, and Kerry Von Erich felt that that was his thing. And so they began to feud. <laughs> Stop copying, copying me, Michael. Doing too much cocaine is a, a Von Erich move. If we, don't, if we don't take enough uppers, we'll remember what our dad does. Well, that's what that's yeah exactly that's what I was gonna say. The reason here's the difference between the uh, Freebirds and the Von Eriks is the Freebirds party because it felt good, and the Von Eriks party to feel yeah. something. Like I don't know what Fritz Von Erich did to those boys, but he definitely beat the shit out of them. He beat the living shit out of them, and uh, yeah, I mean, definitely some. Uh, and he just beat the shit out of them and really made them. Uh, he, they had no choices. No, of, of course not. Why? <laughs> they had to do what Fritz wanted. Yeah. 
times all yeah, of them. Times being, oh God, I fuck it. Fritz von Eric. Here's the thing. If you're a professional athlete and you smoke, that's definitely means you're a piece of shit. <laughs> also, if you're a Nazi for years and then you're like, but it turns out I'm yeah, not a Nazi. But I'm going to use the same <laughs> name, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, never forget. He was like, oh no, I'm not a Nazi. Um, So your name isn't Fritz? Oh no, it's, it's Fritz von Eric. Yeah, that's my name. Yeah, and also like him doing the like Hulk Hogan and TNA thing where he was like 60 years old. He'd come out and clear the ring of the Freebirds because no one's fucking stronger um, than Because he has the claw, Dylan. Have you? I guess you've never been touched on the head sorry, by a 60-year-old, but their hands are so clammy, you immediately fall asleep. There's only one <laughs> There's only one claw for me, and that's Kurgan's, and we talked about Good it already. Point. I agree with you. Yeah. He's the best... If you're going to have the claws of finisher, it should be a guy like Kurgan, where it's like, oh, he could probably just actually crush his head. But then Kurgan, as soon as they're behind the camera, goes, do you want to do a vocal warm-up? I have an audition. I uh, I know Robert Downey Jr. Sorry for your head. Um, shall we take a break, and then we can talk about the <laughs> UWF, the return to WCCW, and, of course, the WCW run. we got a lot. Oh, yes, the, WC- the famous WCW run. After Him and Jimmy break. Garvin, they do some dancing. It's shit. Hey, Dylan, have you ever thought about giving us money because we fucking do a good fucking job for these fucking ungrateful fans? They're all pieces of shit. Every fucking week, we take time to research this show, then forget most of it and talk about who would like to come on. Yeah. And by, I think that deserves money. And by we, we mean a guy we've met a few times and he needs money because I keep promising to pay him. But then I say, no, haven't earned it. Why? <laughs> yeah. I spend the money on candy and hummus separately. I, I don't I don't dip the candy in hummus. That would be a Old taste. Snickers sensation. bar hummus. Hastings over here needs money. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. Or rate and subscribe on iTunes, or do both. And here's another one. Fucking shut the fuck up, buddy. Yeah. Right now, are you talking? Are you talking? Are you talking to me? Where are you listening on? Were you doing dishes? Turn, fucking turn, break all your dishes, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> shut your cock washer and use your fucking dick grabbers to give us some fucking money. It's the middle ladies. Michael P.S. Hayes is loving doing drugs. So much so that... Uh, he. They have so. Put this in perspective. He's 24, 25. He has so much fucking money like right now. Because Dallas, again, it's this weird thing of Dallas is one of those things where it's like America is weird in that cities, they'll have nationally famous people, but will have like weirdly crazy local famous people. They're like the most fucking famous. Yeah, because the whole thing is based on a Georgia-Texas rivalry, which is also a crazy football rivalry, which obviously translates. Yeah really well and they would they would come out in because this is the thing if you're not from the states it sounds weird but every part of the states is its own little Mm -hmm. country um and that's why college sports is so big over there uh so they would come out in the georgia flag like Um, even cities have their own flag like cm punk would always wear in uh cm punk would always wear the chicago first of all he didn't come out in the georgia flag he came out in the confederate flag yeah, the Georgia flag is mostly the Confederate flag, though. I know oh, that I sounds thought, silly, but there's oh, like God, minor. I, thought, I knew Mississippi was like that. I didn't realize Georgia was like that as well. Well, I they mean, all like not the most creative. First of all, the Confederate flag, fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. Like, who doesn't like Leonard Skinner and also people not having their rights? Yeah. Okay. So the current Georgia flag was adopted in 2003. Okay. <laughs> so I'll put Georgia flag 1982. I mean, we'll see what that is. 
I'm willing to bet it's a very distinct possibility. The current Georgia flag Ooh, looks all good. right. The current Georgia flag what is What does the 1982 cool. Georgia flag look like? Uh, the 1982 Georgia flag is pretty much half the logo for the Georgia flag and then half the co- logo for the current Georgia flag and half the Confederate flag. Shit. So it did have the Confederate flag on it, but it was kind of like, within the Confederacy, here's yeah. us. It's not saying we are for the Confederacy. We're just saying we miss it loads. Yeah, but you're, it's it's a way to show solidarity, like fuck the, the Confederacy, because the the Texas the state Texas flag, of course, is the star, and uh, is just a blue uh, a white star, a blue background, and uh, one white line and one red line. You'll know if you. Uh, I'm explaining. Yeah, it Yeah, that's one but, of the um, worst explanations I've ever heard, and I Google it. It kind of looks like the American flag, but there's only one goddamn star, and they just rearrange everything differently. Just Google it and you'll see. But you'll, So they come out in the Georgia flag, which was part of the Confederate flag. You are absolutely correct. And people from fucking Texas hated people from Georgia. And you gave them, you gave them a fucking reason to. Because you have these dudes who drink milk, work out, kiss your mom, go to church. And then you guys who are like, breakfast cocaine, dinner's cocaine, and lunch is jacking off in front of your mom because she yeah, wants yeah, I it. I just want to let you know that I don't know what a condom is. Oh, yeah. While you guys is in there eating your fine dinners, I'm going to be breaking into your cars and smelling your passenger seats so I knows what your wife's pussy smells Here's like. Here's the thing Michael with Hayes. me, Michael Hayes. I like three things. Synth music. Nut- <laughs> of course, Joy Division yeah, is first. New order. <laughs> nothing either in or near pills. Who wants to see it? How much do you bet Michael Hayes is just like... Like, let's say we just met him one time somehow. And we just walked in and just the real Michael Hayes... And he's listening to Joy Division. And he's like, looks up at us. They're like, do you like pro wrestling? And we go, no. And he's like, yeah. thank God. And he just speaks normally. My name's yeah. Michael Seitz. Uh, I'll be listening to uh, Joy Division uh, because I found that New Order became too poppy for my I just want to ask you guys one question. Do you think Love will tear us apart? <laughs> you know, this man killed himself. Such torture. Anyway, I've got to do cocaine because my boss yeah. thinks I uh, do. Here's the weird thing about working for the. Uh, I work for this weird. I work for this eccentric billionaire. Uh, if I if I he smells my nose and if it doesn't smell like he thinks cocaine smells, he he makes me eat his shit. He's he's a real weirdo. <laughs> he wants to think that I'm worse than yeah. him. That's his whole thing. He's a horrible man. Every day I cry. Anyway, let's. Uh, what do you guys do? Can we do something here? This is going to be fun. 1984, Freebirds have a brief stint in the WWF, and the original idea, of course, we all know this, or you've probably heard this, was to have Michael Hayes sing some songs uh, with Cyndi Lauper to launch basically a WWF record label, and they were going to re- he was recording an album with Cyndi Lauper's husband, David uh, Wolf. Dick Wolf. David now, Wolf. Dick Wolf. It was I David Wolf this- for the... Okay, Dick- good. Because I was really excited that it was if it was Dick Wolf, then Michael Hayes and Law and Order. Yeah, it's not Michael. It's not the same guy as Law and Order. It was David Wolf, who was Cindy Lauper's husband and manager, 
Your tits are too small. It doesn't matter. You died. I don't investigate dude crabs because I'm not a sissy. Michael Hayes actually wrote the lyrics to the Law and Order theme song. Bum boom do 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 do. Cops are bad, yeah. Do 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 do. Lot of things on crimes in Georgia, Bad Street, yeah. It should be a crime to be circumcised. Boom, didn't do do do. Feeling every inch of a yeah. pussy. <laughs> Michael Hayes. Terry watches me every time. Boom, 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 boom. Find it comforting. Sometimes we switch. Boom, doot, 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 I actually respect the service district attorneys give our world. Without them, we wouldn't have a uh, due process for most crimes, and they actually serve an important <laughs> judicial function and form jurisprudence moving forward. So our society is always involving. Also, I like to do cocaine in New York City. Boom, beep, beep, boom, doo, doo. <laughs> so here we go. They obviously get kicked out of the WWF because Andre the Giant vouches for them and then they show, it's fuck, the best. show up fucked up. Imagine Andre the Giant is like, you're too... F-. He's literally said, you're fucked up. And how that happened was they didn't know they were yeah. working that day. Welcome to hell. I mean, t- if I could be... If I could be real for a second, it must have been crazy to work before emails because uh, bad. if that was now, he could have just checked his email. I mean, fucking Big Daddy Dylan has a great point. He could have just been like, uh, no... Before we take all these pills, let's check the email. But instead, they were just like, no, 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 no. All right. So they get kicked out. Michael Hayes tries to negotiate a deal for himself to for him to just stay. He does. That doesn't work out because Vince McMahon is like you. You don't you realize everyone else, including me, does cocaine, but just keeps their shit together. Like that's the probably the annoying thing where it's like Vince was like. Do you think I'm not also on a lot of cocaine? We just have a little thing we do around here called wear a suit while you do it, you yeah, fucking idiot. Yeah, man claims that he's never he, you can't get addicted to cocaine. Do you understand how much cocaine you have to have done to think that? He's a real man's man. I can't wait for the entire year of Vince McMahon uh, we're going to be doing. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it at all. We should just do one week of just called I'm cocaine. I'm not looking forward to it at all because it's just... It's one of those things where it's like, it's the difference between... Okay, wiping your ass is disgusting, but you do it quickly. It's then, oh no, you got to wipe your ass for a day. Yeah, like it's, oh, yeah. you got to hose it off, all that sort of stuff. It's a nightmare. Hose it off, put your dick in your ass. You know what I mean? That's what I say. I mean, <laughs> what? It's <that's> all right. <laughs> hose, it, hose your ass off. Then I can try understand your dick trying to there. suck that's your own dick. That's a, that's a tried, tested, and true male activity. But yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. get your dick in your own ass, that... Like, that's just, like, you'd have to already be like, this is a big dick I got here. And it's got to be, you can't even no, have it and hard, it's like, really. I gotta, and you got to fucking slowly feed it through. Like, you're trying to re-put the, uh, the drawstring into a hoodie. <laughs> slowly feed it through. Yep. <laughs> I've done that before. That is one of the, that is one of the worst <laughs> things. I've, when you're too cheap to get, would buy, just buy another $20 hoodie. You're just like, nope, I got an afternoon yeah. to myself. 
time to do this and tell someone about it. And then when they hear I did this, they'll not react to it because they can't even fathom what that is. Uh, I always take the strings out because I'm punk rock. Woo! You know who didn't take the strings out? Uh, the Freebirds, because they were in the AWA in 85, feuding with the Road Warriors. And uh, this, of course, is when the AWA and I think World Class as well, they were putting on all these uh, super shows to try and compete with the WWF. But the problem is, of course, you get oh, too they- many egos. You- Vern Gagne being like, I'll beat Fritz in the main event. That'll set the territory ablaze. It was, yeah, the AWA Super Clash 3 is the famous one, which was 87, which was Fritz versus Jerry Lawler for the AWA title. And basically the reason why they got Jerry Lawler is Jerry Lawler was a regional star and they came to an agreement supposedly as to how many dates Jerry Lawler would work. And very quickly, Vern was like, so you got to move to Minneapolis? And he's like, no, that's not what we agreed to, Vern. And he was like, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do, stay down there and make no money? He's like, I make way more money there than I'll make here. Yeah, shut up. Also, any shooter on interview involving... Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the famous one also because Super Clash 3 was, had a, uh, it was in the UIC Pavilion... Uh, and it was uh, 1,672 yeah. people showed up. That's fucking embarrassing. The Crick, uh, Kerry Von Erich beats. Sorry, Kerry Von Erich loses to Jerry Lawler via referee yeah. stoppage. Uh, referee stoppage. So yeah. fucking uncomfortable. Also, by the way, um, he was stopped because of uh, excessive blood loss, and uh, Kerry cut himself with his razor as he was walking to the ring. If you, if you watch, he's bleeding from the arm as soon as he gets in the ring and you can't figure it out. It's because his finger had a razor on it and he just nicked himself because he scratched his bicep. What a fucking idiot. Um, the Freebirds were... Well, he was also probably just blew, oh, blew yeah, up. No, he was on fucking everything but skates at that point. Um, the Freebirds... Go ahead. Oh, Cal- the Freebirds returned yeah. to WCCW by 1988 after literally going to every territory for what is described as a cup of coffee. They were... At this point, very notorious for the only place that they stayed long enough to actually have a positive and proper run was WCCW. Michael Hayes did not like this return, stayed very briefly, and then was replaced by Iceman King Parsons, which I assume led to racial epithets so intense, Iceman King Parsons still hears them in his dreams. (laughs) Well, this is the fun part about it. This is because... He they go back to uh, the UWF, which Andrew Crockett eighty six to eighty eight, and you have to understand from the Freebirds perspective, Michael Hayes is still at the end of this run in nineteen eighty eight, just twenty nine. Jesus, now. he's just twenty nine years old. So it started raining. They started making a hundred and fifty thousand dollars probably a year in nineteen eighty in Dallas, where it's like there's a reason there was a TV show called Dallas. Where it was just everyone was rich in an ivory suits talking about yeah. land. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, there's a lot of fucking money and oil money there. And they are on the outs with WWF because they really fucked up. They really bet on the wrong horse, essentially. Like, obviously, Michael Hayes has done well now, but as a professional wrestler... Absolutely not. He, he absolutely- bet on the wrong horse. Like, Terry Gordy could have been... I mean, they would have probably covered... No, because... Vince was much more lenient about weird bodies in the mid '80s. Only till like the early '90s was absolutely everyone also, on steroids. But it's also but it's, like he would have gotten in under yeah. the wire, and 
They could have used him. The one thing that WWF has lacked in the entire Vince McMahon Jr. reign is a lack of sustainable heels in the mid-card. And that the Freebirds could have essentially been the Rockers, which had a career that has kept Marty Jannetty yeah. in pills and stepdaughters since that day. So they... But, like, just the idea of these shitheads, like these dirtbag shitheads like next to Hulk Hogan is exactly, it's exactly the, it's exactly the it's Von Erichs. It's exactly the Von Erichs. Exactly there's the no Von way Eric's Terry Gordy and Hulk Hogan would have even touched because Hulk Hogan would have known that Terry Gordy would have made him look like a piece of shit, in my humble opinion. I don't know about that. I think Gordy was like, he was a good, like, as far as being the same size as Hogan yeah. as well. Like, Hogan's a bit bigger than Gordy, but, like, they're comparably sized, and Gordy could bump like a That's fucking That's a very fucking good guy. point, and it would have been a, you know, that could have been a WrestleMania 4 made event. That could have been the follow-up past Andre. Would have been great, actually, because you, also Michael on the mic versus Hogan on the mic would have been, ah, you know what? You make a fucking great point. Yeah, they bet on the wrong horse. And then the whole thing is, and then Michael Hayes is, like, the fucking guy where it's, like, you know what I mean? Terry Gordy's the heavy. Michael Hayes is the mouthpiece. Classic shit. And then you have Michael Hayes being like a, a great character, which I really, really like. I really like Michael Hayes' character because he's not he's not a main event wrestler. Like, it's the same thing as almost get, you beat everyone, then you get to Michael Hayes, and then you wrestle the quote-unquote manager. But it's not really a manager. He's kind of set up like The Miz, where it's like any upper card wrestler will beat the shit out of him, but he's just got so many people around him that he's insulated yeah. by that. And if he punches you in the head, it still fucking hurts. Like he, he's not like a manager like Jim Cornette or Bobby Heenan where he needs a weapon to put you down. He can still put you down by himself. He's still a fucking competitor, but like, he's just this little fucking weasel. He's like the perfect. And I, I it's, it's weird that they haven't done that. I think they're starting to do it with MJF and AEW where he's kind of like Michael Hayes because he just like, for, all, for how amazing MJF is on the mic, he's just, like, not there as a wrestler yet. Also, he's 23 as well. So he might it might play out that he's, like, Michael Hayes Volume 2. It's just that there's, like, and it's the exact same thing you talked about in um, Mid-South and stuff like that. Everyone else is a great worker. This dude's yeah. great on the mic. And it's like it makes him completely and stand apart. It's actually a bit of a shame he doesn't get his recognition as a wrestler. Terry Gordy and Buddy Jack, Ro Buddy Jack Roberts slowly fade away. He goes back to WCW. Ah! So he frequently teamed, yeah, Michael Hayes is in uh, JCP. This is, of course, when Buddy Roberts getting out of wrestling because he sees the writing on the wall. He does not want to uh, just fucking, you know, kowtow and kiss the ring to all these weird-ass promoters. He just was in it for Jack Daniels and cocaine. And also, uh, in JCP, because um, kind of Buddy Jack Roberts' whole career is like Bill Watts stopped, loses power. And Bill Watts was his dude. So now that Bill Watts is out of there, Buddy Jack Roberts can't be a wrestler anymore, really. Michael Hayes will find his way in there just because he's such a good interview. Terry Gordy is now in Japan a lot because, obviously, he's an amazing wrestler. And uh, that leaves Michael Hayes to team with Jimmy Garvin because he still very much needs people to wrestle. Now, this is a story that Jim Cornette has told a lot, but apparently both Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin took a shitload of steroids and then just refused to bump for anyone, up to and include... Uh, up That's to very include, funny, yeah. The Midnight, yeah, Midnight Express, Express as well, right? Which led to uh, the only time Bobby Eaton apparently got passionate was uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Terry Gordy, who was brought in as a special attraction, were going to fight. And then Bobby Eaton just swore at the Freebirds. And then everyone was like, oh, shit, we better listen. Bobby doesn't usually do that. And I just love that. He's just like, 
<laughs> oh my god, the guy who looks like a thumb just yelled. We better listen to him or he's going to do something vaguely impressive off the top rope. <laughs> that guy with no yeah. chin is mad. That guy who looks like the, a mix between a woman and an exclamation point just shouted at us. We better fucking shape up or ship out. <laughs> but it's WCCW in 1988, and Fritz doesn't have any ideas of how to promote anything. The major stroke of genius he had was that he pumped some loads into a woman who then the woman did all the good parts of raising the kid he taught tried to, to speak make them. taught them to read fritz by the way for a good period of time was like they don't need names numbers <laughs> fritz jr fritz, fritz one the third. fritz two um i'm fritz one <laughs> so he doesn't have any ideas so he just tries to redo the Freebirds again um and the problem is that even people are bored of the Freebirds as baby faces. And they. Michael Hayes comes in as a face, feuds with Gordy. They have a hair versus hair match. Gordy turns face. There, Gordy, of course, looks around the Dallas Sportatorium. There's six people in there. And then he just goes, New yeah. Japan. And then that's where he. Uh, <laughs> and then that's where he is for the rest of his uh, wrestling life. Uh, no, he has a stroke in 91, yeah, a stroke right? on so. an airplane, probably. And then that's he's fun. just like, all right, well, now I'm just going to be cool. one of those people that's uncomfortable to talk to at a party. Bad Street, USA, I had a stroke, had strokes in the USWA. It's hard to watch my promos. I look glassy and confused. Michael brought me to the Fed. I should, of course, be dead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dylan. WCW. Michael Hayes jumps to WCW in 1989. This is, of course, when they're full Turner, and he joins the Yamasaki Corporation. Ric Flair, Barry and Kendall Windham, Butch Reed, Michael Hayes. Wonderful stuff. I have no... I, I don't remember this fucking thing at all. I don't. This is one of the few factions, and I love a faction. Everyone knows that about me. I have no memory of this whatsoever. It's also weird that, like, Ted Turner, for being, like, maybe, for what's widely known as being, like, the most leftist billionaire ever, uh, one of the angles in his wrestling corporation, or wrestling federation, Japanese one of the first ones bad. was, these Japanese are bad. <laughs> yeah, the Japanese are hiring all our white workers and making them evil. So uh, they reformed the Freebirds, does Michael Hayes uh, in uh, 1989, with, but this is Jimmy Garvin. Terry Gordy and uh, Michael P.S. Hayes. They're still trying to do stuff with Michael Hayes. The thing is, they give up pretty quickly because the Freebirds are more of like a mid card and they are and the other thing is the things that they're insisting that, on doing in terms of singing their own fucking um, ring entrance um, theme song. Michael Hayes, by the way, continues to claim that he invented walking to the ring for music. He didn't. Like his whole thing of like. I'm the one who invented the rock and roll entrance. You didn't do that, Michael. A lot of other places were doing it before you. You just are clinging to the weird past in such a bizarre way that you insist that you... He didn't invent that. It drives me crazy when people do that. He's like, I did that. Yes. You literally didn't. He sang his own entrance music, Bad Street USA. It That's cool. pretty cool, right? Bad Street USA, no one has ever been in love with me. Terry Gordy, I forced him to die, forced him to die, he's dead. 
that is sad. It's so sad. Bad Street. Where some young women, I want to stare at them while they do squats. Um, the one you really have to watch is the, um, I think it's Bad As I Want to Be. And it's him and Jimmy Garvin dressed like strippers from the 90s. Like like glittery fucking black top hats, canes with the Madonna microphone singing like, I'm as bad as I want to be. And he was like, oh, we're all embarrassed for you. I'm embarrassed for you. It's bad stuff. Yeah, for the, we didn't explain this, but Jimmy Garvin would frequently team with the Freebirds just because they had that little confidence when Michael Hayes as a wrestler. So even some six-man matches, it would be Garvin, it's Roberts, and Gordy with uh, Hayes on the outside. Yeah, and uh, Jimmy Garvin was great. And he was kind of unofficially the fourth Freebird. And they started using him more and more because once you established a pro wrestling league that was heavy on Flash you kind of left Buddy Roberts in the dust because Jimmy Garvin, of course, had Precious. He had a great gimmick with, you know, the hairspray. He's Michael Michael Hayes with a little bit more ability to wrestle. That's what he is. He can wrestle just a a wisp more. Yeah. If you have 20 points to award a character, uh, Michael Hayes is 10 out of 10 charisma and 1 out of 10. Or Sorry. If you have tw- out of 20, it's te- they're both 10 out of 20, but it's just like Michael Hayes has that all in interview skills and none in wrestling, and Jimmy Garvin is like seven yeah. in interview skills and three in wrestling. So it's just like a bit more. and But like, who, I don't know. I, I that, That's too hard on Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin was real good. So was Michael Hayes. It's just Hayes just couldn't do anything in the ring. He was like just, just one of those people who like, even though he was in great shape, just didn't have any athleticism to speak of. Um, yeah, and it's kind of sad that his dream looked like it was about to end in the mid-90s. He was booted from WCW over a contract dispute, uh, returned briefly to the Global Force, uh, pardon me, Global Federation Wrestling, uh, Global Wrestling Federation in Dallas, where he reunited with Garvin and Gordy as the Freebirds. That lasted less than a year. And then he gets a tryout match with WWE. Who did he have a tryout match with, by the way? Ken Raper. (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy named uh, Ken Raper. Jerry Lawler's best friend. Rapier. Ken Rapier. It's French. Pray to God. Yeah, Uh, it's Rapier. Um, Where are you from? Ohio, man. Just fucking pretend, okay? (laughs) I didn't question what the promoter named me, and now now I can't tell my family I was ever a wrestler. Uh but this is the weird thing of just to delve more into the return to Dallas. It's literally like you're showing up to, I don't know, what's it's, an analogy? It's like you have it, a high school reunion, but half your high school yeah. was in a bus crash. Like, it's like you're trying to fight. He's returning to be the fabulous Freebirds, but like they're the bad guys and there's only one good guy left. Because uh, everyone else is passed away. He except was in for the Kevin. trench coat mafia and he showed up at the... Uh, 20 year high school reunion at Columbine High School. I don't know about that. That'd be more like the cocaine dealer. <laughs> They're all their blow dealers showed up. And now the the real villain of WCCW, yeah. Rick, with the fucking Trans Am. Yeah. <laughs> I re- I'd like to thank all the Von Ericks. I retired off of uh, capitalizing off of your father's terrible, terrible skin. Skills. I just like so to dad. thank everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Rick with the white nose, and uh, I've got a pool made of gold. <laughs>
I love <laughs> Does anyone want to die? Uh, who wants to fuck me? I got coke. Yeah. This was a viable industry for 15 years, and I'm the only one that yeah. capitalized on it. Good night, everybody. Oh, sure, I had to cut Fritz in on a certain point, because without him, I'd be still living on the streets. <laughs> so, of course, we all know what happens here, baby. He has a tryout match. Vince McMahon says, that was disgusting. Your body is disgusting. He becomes Doc Hendricks, backstage reporter. Vince McMahon makes him cut his shitty fucking hair. And he starts out as a heel commentator, but then kind of drops that. But then the greatest moment, the greatest part of Michael P.S. Hayes' career is when he manages the Hardy Boys and dresses exactly like one of the Hardy Boys, complete with see-through mesh goth shirt. It's literally like... in. It's like your dad tried to show up to the party to pick you up from the party, but just dressed exactly like what he thought people at the party would dress like. He has a a silver top. Do you think Michael P.S. Hayes wears like complete... Yeah. Oh, yes, he does. Yeah. He's like their pimp. Literally, when I uh, was a kid and I saw that, I was like, oh, I guess the Hardy Boys are just boy prostitutes. Like, that's what... It's also weird... These are my sex slaves. Where's In the, Jerry Lawler? They kind Lawler? of call him Doc Hendricks, but they also, I remember him at this period, also call him Michael P.S. Hayes. Like, they kind of went back and forth on who he was, weirdly. Well, because they were just de- they were just dipping their toes into, they were just, just, dips, just dipping their toes into, like, here's actually how it really fucking is. Yeah, Michael Hayes, you have to, if you are listening to this podcast, you have to- He's wearing such wide-legged jeans, and they're so high. Yes, he's wearing parachute pants, and he has a cane. Because the thing about Michael Hayes is, for all the things we want to say about him that are negative, which we will during the Vince McMahon saga, for all the things we want to say about him, he believed wholeheartedly in the Hardy Boys, and he was their major proponent of basically of tag team uh, Yes, now that, okay, we will get into all of that. During the Vince McMahon saga, so this time probably next year, about the discrepancies and problems yeah. with that. Yeah, but the the Michael Hayes, uh, he goes in, helps the Hardy Boys a bit, kind of gives them some name recognition. Although it's weird, it's literally like if like if Renee Young just started managing the fucking the the what do you call that the um what oh it starts with an R. The Revival, and started dressing like The Revival. Like, she just came out doing great promos with The Revival, but also just had a mustache for some reason. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. Of course not. Michael Hayes should be with The Revival. Why not? Yeah, Michael... No, Michael Hayes shouldn't be with The Revival. Renee Young should be with The Revival. Michael Hayes should be with... Who's the cokiest wrestler on the... Okay, you. You should be with you. (laughs) Here's Michael Hayes. He's managing another guy who can't really move good. I'm (laughs) tired. Michael, I'm tired. Michael, Michael. baby. So what's the best thing about what's the best thing about Michael PSAs, baby? I mean, that fucking chest hair in the eighties was awesome. Oh yeah. It's like he he took individual fibers of hair from a carpet and glued them to his chest. (laughs) He really does have an insane amount of chest hair, and I think I mean the best thing about Michael Hayes clearly is uh, Bad Street USA. I mean, yeah, I would. If, of course, I knew you were going to say that, so I went with chest hair. But yeah, Bad Street USA is great. And the fact that he existed. Let's, let's not fucking mince words. The fact that he fucking existed is great. He, 
Other wrestling podcasts have posed this, and I certainly would be a man who backs this up for all the evils that cocaine did for professional wrestling. The interviews in the 80s are not one of them. I think that cocaine really fueled Michael Hayes to a uh, place beyond. <laughs> cocaine is steroids for your Could promos. Could not agree more. Because it makes them Couldn't agree so more. insane. You... They are just so ripped up that they actually believe wrestling is real. <laughs> like, he believed that he was angry at Kerry Von Erich once he took two straight Hollywoods. <laughs> I'm 100% with you. Ah, ah. Kerry, what you do to me, I did to you, and then I'm going to be all covered in glue. <laughs> but I was a great promo. Very good point. Please stop. Stop touching me. <laughs> Stop. Get your hands off my back. What's the worst oh, thing about Michael everything Hayes? Everything else. His wrestling ability. His wrestling everything ability. Else. The way he spoke about um, his various friends in the wrestling business. Probably how he smells. Everything that he's ever done. <laughs> I've never heard a better and more out of left field very good comment than probably you how he smells. You know that that guy has a like, who like his his scent stings the nostrils. To borrow a phrase from Anchorman, here's he's got the classic hallmark of the bad wrestler, which is uh, I shouldn't say the bad like wrestler, Bill Watts. That's because that's, we that's do, a big ooh. one. If you say this phrase, I wish the cowboy was in charge. You're a bad wrestler. Jim Ross, Jim Cornette, Michael Hayes. All of them talk about how they love Cowboy Bill Watts. All terrible wrestlers. Anyone who was a good wrestler who worked with Bill Watts, guess what happened to them? They're dead from drug addiction. No, Buddy Roberts and what was happened a good to wrestler? Buddy Roberts? He died at the four wrestler yeah. advanced age of 60. Very good point. Yeah, but still, died. Dead. If you're a good wrestler and work with Bill Watts, you're dead now. That's, that's my theory. That's true. It's my actual... That's my fact. <laughs> that's that's, my, that's, that's my your truth? truth? That's my horoscope. The worst thing about my uh michael purely sexy hayes is of course his wrestling ability he does not have a finishing move listed on his wikipedia which is the hallmark of no yeah, one really liked us his finishing moves his finishing was on wikipedia should have been whatever terry gordy did <laughs> then i cheating or terry gordy Dylan is, a, is weirdly sage with certain things and that's that's the greatest indictment of a wrestling career is if you have no finishing move listed on wikipedia and that is up there with his observation of if a male comedian does five tweets with no likes or retweets, the sixth one's going to be something really alt-right, which is one of the funniest things you've ever... And <laughs> the industry is ignoring me. 100%. You look, it's f five, and then the sixth one is like, enough with this Hannah Gatsby bullshit. <laughs> How come no one likes what I do? I yeah. dance pretty. Hey, I was... The, uh, there's not. There's a new wave because Dylan and I are now in our middle 30s, so some of our friends have started to get real bitter. And uh, a guy um, we both know recently started referring to one of his bits as like the the bit, and that's my favorite hack bitter comedian move is that like one of their bits is like they talk about it like they're free bird. Like how fucking Michael Hayes talks about <laughs> um, Bad Street. He's like, you know, that's one of those bits. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to wrap it up, which I, I never do right now. Um, yes, you do. We're married, but I don't know where this bitch has been. Yeah, you smell like... You smell like...
You smell like Michael Hayes, baby. February <laughs> 4th, 5th, Febu- February 4th, 5th, and 6th. I am at the Soho Theater in London. Please come along. The weekend sold out. The, sh- the run, run sold out last year. Um, and I would like to do that again. Um, and also, there were a bunch of wrestler review fans in last year, especially on the Friday night, which made that show so much better than the Saturday night when there were not wrestling review fans in. And Daddy had a struggle. <laughs> so uh, go to my website, dylangott.net. Dylangott.net backslash shows for any info. I'll tell you this for free. I do have a uh, big tings uh, we- weekend. I'm headlining the uh, Toronto Uke Ukes and recording both the Friday and the Saturday for an album of skits about how I farted and it smelled bad. What was your last album called? <laughs> More farting. Was it called More farting? Yeah, there was Thank You, I Farted and More we Farting. Because we had We Farted. <laughs> No, mine. This one's gonna be called "This Time I Shit." It's gonna be about times I shit How big. Times, I've been shitting huge recently. Um, I shit so big it felt like it pushed me off the toilet a little bit. Not enough that it was re- unrealistic. <laughs> you raised up off the toilet. Like it was sort of like whoop. I did. Uh, I did a bunch of shits or whatever. I don't know. I've been taking some dumps. I had. Uh, there's no. I'm on the road right now, and there's no. Um, what do you call that? There's no uh, blender here, so I can't do a smoothie oh, anymore. Really fucking fire up the old asshole. I got a kale smoothie on deck here that's uh, about to turn my fucking bathroom into a shit house. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go touch my deck after this. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review instead of calm. Twitter at wrestler review instead of calm. Uh, Instagram at wrestler review. And uh, join us for every Sunday. Please tell your friends. If you don't want to join the Patreon, that's fucking fine, I guess. But then you can just tell your friends, recommend us to people. We'd like more listeners. That'd be fun. Thanks oh, very much, guys. Thing, Have a good one. If you guys could go on the uh, and uh, rate review on uh, iTunes, because our last two reviews both talk about how we talk about cums too much. And I got news for you. We don't talk about cum too much. We talk about it just enough. I declare war on those two people. <laughs> um, so I hope your loads are fat but you're not because if you are we'll have to tell you to shut up ooh call back to the old catchphrase of the show thank you Dylan see you in hell bye bye